1: Hi, everyone. This is Finding Your Bliss, a fun and inspirational hour that helps you find and follow your bliss. Our show is often devoted to taking a deep dive into the worlds of meditation and mindfulness. But sometimes bliss is just about having fun. And fashion is one of those entertaining things that you can do that just makes you feel good. It's called retail therapy. And so we're going to have some of that. And then later in the hour, we will be talking about something that is very close to our hearts, which is really helping artists and performers have a voice and a space to be seen and heard during this pandemic. Joining us today is Sidra Rubin, the owner of the popular Montreal boutique, Blush & Vine. Also on the program is Olivia Daniels. Olivia is a Canadian performer, director and theatre artist who is coming on the program to talk about her new venture, Artists in Residence. Our featured artists this week are New York husband and wife, Les Horan, and Abigail Lumsden. These two versatile musicians have been recording a video a day during the pandemic, and they have a beautiful cover to share with our listeners. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about my first guest. Sidra Rubin is the owner of Boutique Blush and Vine, and she's been in the retail space for over 15 years. With two brick-and-mortar stores under her belt, she sells exclusively in the online space and has a loyal following of women of all ages, myself included. And with a background in communications and years of nonprofit work in the fundraising and event space, Sidra took the plunge into entrepreneurship at the age of 26 and has never looked back. Her goal has always been, and will always be, to offer a curated collection of affordable fashion and accessories with personalized service. She connects deeply with her customers and strives to help them create wardrobes that they will love and wear no matter what the trends. Sidra is also a lifelong Montrealer and currently lives in the suburbs with her husband and two boys. An active hockey mom and community participant, Sidra also writes a blog that she keeps updated on her website, and that blog is www.blushandvine.com. And I'll spell that for you. B-L-U-S-H-A-N-D-V-Y-N-E.com. And she believes that the key to loving any item of clothing is just to reach down deep and love yourself. And that is the journey she commits to taking with all of her customers and followers on social media. Hi, Citra, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It's so great to finally have you on the air. As you know, I'm definitely one of your shoppers, particularly since COVID. It's so lovely to look at your Instagram site and see what you're doing, see all that color and all those gorgeous, um, uh, up to date uh, clothes with a very affordable price point. And it, it's just a real feel good page. When did you begin Blush and Vine, which is spelled again B L U S H and V Y N E? And what was the inspiration behind that name?
2: Well, I actually uh, started Blush & Vine directly off the heels of my business before that, which was of a different name. And it was a retail store that had been in Montreal for many, many years. I owned it for 10 years. And I was kind of at a turning point in that business where I was either going to have to do like a major rebranding or say goodbye and move on, which, which obviously is what I ended up doing. But when I was thinking of possibly doing the rebranding, this name um was what I had chosen because um I didn't only sell fashion at the time, I was I had a makeup store. I sold a lot of makeup. Wow. And also because I'm in Quebec, I had to be careful with like the language and it couldn't be like too English. So both you know, blush is also a word in French and Vine, the way I spelled it actually isn't really the true spelling of a word. Mm. So blush came from the makeup piece and the, the word vine spelled with an I is kind of like a slang word for for clothing.
1: Wow. That's so so cool. I love yeah. that. So I I am loving your page. Have you found that the COVID pandemic has impacted your business? Because I feel you might be even busier right now.
2: Yes, I definitely um got busier, especially with my online store. So when everything happened in COVID, you know, I was always kind of in this space, but I didn't know in what direction it was going to go because, you know, people were losing their jobs and and my customers were telling me they were getting laid off. And, you know, everyone was kind of in panic mode. And then I think everyone just panicked and started shopping.
1: (laughs) Yes. What do you do? And all else fails. You just start shopping. It's an instant feeling good boost, right?
2: (laughs) But you know, you know what happened? I mean, we all live through it and you went from like your go, go, go lifestyle to the complete opposite. So I I happen to have just gotten back from a buying trip where I had bought unfortunately a lot of like summer fall like summer spring like work wear, um, but I had also loaded up on on comfort for some reason I don't know why but I, oh, I I I I I got this idea in my head that it was like a good in between at the end of February March into spring this is like all pre COVID so I just happened to have all that stock and everyone just. Grabbed it up like in in seconds.
1: They gobbled it up like it, it was like hot rolls out of a bakery, right? Because yeah. people just wanted the cozy comfort clothing, and again, your price point is so great. So it's it's and and you really miss like I was saying this to another uh, store that we had on the show, and that's you know we've lost theater. You know, we've lost Broadway for the for the for the moment. It's of course going to come back, as everything will. We've lost going to a movie. We've really lost going to r- restaurants, other than some patios. Yeah. But even yeah. that is, we've lost it, right? So, what can you do? And we've sort of lost the ability to walk into a store and go shopping. So, this is a way to kind of shop, right? You can you do it online.
2: It is, and even and even like during like the beginning of COVID, I, it was also a problem, a hindrance for a lot of people who were shopping online with with the shipping. There were so many delays and then if you had to return, you didn't want to go to the post office. Um, So the, the way that it was working with me, it just made everything a lot easier.
1: And I have to say, your shipping, Sidra, because I I just got something from you. I love those beautiful hot pink envelopes of the clothing. They outfit. were a labor
3: of love. Oh, they were a labor of love.
1: so yeah. fantastic! Like it makes you just feel like it's like a feel good parcel. It's like happy. It, it does. It makes you sort of feel love and and it's just like a little a little perk in 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 this a little
2: burst of excitement. Exactly.
1: What is yeah. new in fashion right now as we move into month 10 of the pandemic and as a lot of our lives are spent at home, are women still wanting to get dressed up?
2: So it's very interesting. I did a poll recently on my Instagram asking, um, like, what's your, what's your vibe right now? Are you, are you into kind of like casual day wear or are you, are you still fully into loungewear? And, and the, the higher percentage actually was for like casual day-to-day wear, which surprised me, but um, I guess coming off the summer where we did, I mean, especially here in Montreal, I think we have a little less freedom than you guys do right now. Um, coming off the summer where people were starting to get dressed again, and then I think there was a lull and nobody really knew what was going to happen. But as much as everyone's so happy with their loungewear and definitely with the colder weather coming... People just want to be able to still be comfortable, but like wake up in the morning with some sort of a purpose, even if you're just going to drop your kids off at school or go in the grocery store and put on like a cute pair of comfortable jeans with a nice sweater.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you learn how to photograph all of the clothes and make videos and become so tech savvy? You're so creative with how you show the clothes and the accessories using yourself as a model. Is this something that you learned along the way or is it something you always knew how to do?
2: I mean, anything with social media leading up until I remember when I, when I was literally in my last year of my brick and mortar store, before I started Blush and Vine it was right when Instagram was starting. And I was so, I had no idea, you know, um, and I still, I wasn't, I was still like youngish, but still I, I wasn't like the young teenagers that were using it. And then when I started Blush and Vine and I had, I did have a location originally, um, I was using. I had the help of like an agency that was helping me, and that's when stories came about. Like a couple of years later, and she kept telling me to get on, get on stories, get on stories. And I felt so overwhelmed by it. And I was like, it's not even that I'm so shy. It's more like I don't really feel like I have anything to say. I don't want to add to all the noise until I have something to say.
1: Right, right.
2: Everything that I do and everything that I, if you follow me and what you see on on my social media, I mean, it's all coming from me. And and sometimes I feel like. You know, fake it till you make it because I, I, I don't, I'm not like, a, I was actually thinking about this today. I'm not a content creator. I mean, some girls, they have such beautiful content. Mine is really on the fly. I get inspired by, I guess, by what I see. I try to keep it different because I'm bored by what I see. So I don't want my stuff to always be the same as what everyone else is doing. And it's trial and error, you know? Um, I started about a year ago doing Style Tip Tuesdays on my Instagram stories, and that took off right away. And the reason why I'm the model really is because it's just easier because, the, the, you know, every few weeks I have to kind of go and do a shoot for content and to start with like a model and hair and makeup every time. I mean, not only is it obviously costly, but it's just, it's much more difficult.
1: And you're great at it. Like you're such a natural, you make it so fun. You look great in the clothes and also it, it just, it has such a human feel to it. And it's so exciting. Like you can't wait to see what's coming next. I, I, It's one of the things that I always turn to almost daily to see what's up, what's new. Like the, yeah. the beautiful amethyst purple scarf that I'm wearing right now that you saw at the beginning when we were on video. Uh, there's a wonderful blog also on your website and you've even written for our magazine, findyourbliss.com. And that's how I first met you, Sidra. Yes. You write many, many articles for your own blog. And one of them was called, Take the Compliment, how setting the bar lower will set you free. What did you mean by that?
2: And that's so funny because I actually just recently referred to that in, in one of my stories. I, I I actually, I don't know. Do you remember or do you follow the home edit?
1: I don't actually. I don't, but I love to learn new things and I love my listeners to new, learn new things. So tell us. <laughs> okay,
2: so they're based out of Nashville and they're these, these hysterical girls and they um they do organizing. They actually have a show on Netflix now. And I used to follow them a little bit more religiously. And if you saw my house, you would know that I actually don't take their advice. I just like <laughs> watching it. <laughs> but, um, but they 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 always talked, They actually had like a slogan, and it was about that if you set the bar low, then you're always gonna you're always gonna get over the bar.
0: Hmm.
2: So it got me thinking about like stop having such high expectations of what everything it is that you're gonna want to do. And I know mean, it's one thing to have the mindset and to have the dream and the vision you know, and all that, you know, the law of attraction, but think about realistically what
1: your bar,
2: how can you make your achievements if you set your bar at a, at a height that you know, you can actually make
1: it. Smart. That's so smart.
2: And then the second part to that was also like, I was always, whenever someone would give me a compliment, I'm always like, oh, like, no, like it's the lighting, it's this, it's that. And then (laughs) I had a conversation, conversation. It's like, everything I I write about or speak about is, is always inspired by by real life, you know, conversations. I, I'm I'm certainly not reinventing the wheel, but someone's going to give you a compliment. Take it. Take the compliment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I
1: love that. You're reminding me. There's a meme out there that says, "Okay, set the bar lower, lower, lower." Okay.
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. there. Yeah. That's so it. So, you know, it's not. It's not to be like one of those people who doesn't believe in 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 making goals and succeeding. It's not about that at all. But it's also just about being realistic in your, and what your own life is. Like, let's say you're a stay at home mom and and your life is so hectic and and crazy Set set a smaller goal and know that you can achieve it and not set a higher goal, like rearranging the whole closet. If it's, probably not something that you're going to get to in, in that time span that you want.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you're saying, take the compliment and own it. Like, like when you have the compliment, say thank you and smile because you know, it's great. And then you're giving permission to other people to do the same. Exactly. You have another article, fabulous one called the spring looks I'm stealing from my favorite TV and movie characters. And you, Oh, I love that. I was so excited when I saw that. And you talk all about Carrie Bradshaw from sex in the city. And you talk about my all-time favorite actress in my all-time favorite movie, and that's Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Yeah. And you you say that some of her looks are epic and very relevant. What is your favorite look that Julia Roberts wore in the iconic film Pretty Woman? Oh,
2: there's so many. Oh. I, mean, I love the black, the lace dress with the black.
1: Stunning. I, I love the winter love white that. dress. You know, when she's walking away with the winter yeah. white short sleeve dress, it's stunning awesome. with the hat. I mean, everything is gorgeous. <laughs> so everything is gorgeous. So yeah. And, and, yeah. and the stunning gown with the fabulous uh, the fabulous jewels that Richard Gere gives yeah. to her before the opera. It's so fun. In this blog, you also talk about Monica and Rachel on the TV series Friends. And you talk about Monica's mom jeans. Can you tell us more about those? <laughs>
2: mom jeans. Mom jeans are like my go-to. You know, when, when leggings. I remember when leggings came back into style after after the 80s, I was like, I was probably like postpartum. And I was like, how come we stopped wearing leggings? And I'm wondering, and then, so now it's moved on to the mom jeans. How can we stop? How come I ever stopped wearing like those jeans that I wore in high school where they kind of don't really have much shape, but they're still comfortable. I love them. I love anything with a high rise. I love the leg on them. I'm a, I'm a very strong supporter of the mom jeans. But again, it's not for everyone.
1: I love that. I I have to be honest, since COVID I have not taken leggings. I just wear leggings over and over. In fact, I think I might be calling you for some leggings. But I I am I'm, I'm living in leggings. Are there other alternatives that are as comfortable? Would you say mom jeans jeans would be the, the the one to go to?
2: Yeah. If you have a good pair of mom jeans and a good soft, stretchy denim, you can definitely uh, switch it up a little bit. And I've been selling a lot of like jogger style pants and jogger style jeans so it's not like you you're not getting into a pair of skinnies but you still have like a bit of style and you're still comfortable
1: that's great to bring things up to the present right now what do you think about the fashion in the popular and beloved series the marvelous mrs mazel the fashions are incredible are you familiar with that show
2: absolutely Oh it's my God! Like worthy And then like oh. she goes into her mother's closet, she's and she's looking for the Chanel or the Dior, like <laughs> they just saying, "Pass me that dress from Zara." like it's so they it did such a good job on that. And then when they're packing for the cash sales and I have all the wraps. Oh.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, all outside, all those rolling racks full of all those gorgeous clothes. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love those. I'm also obsessed. I don't know if you're familiar with this series Shit's Creek, which has won many awards for costume and design. Have you watched? Oh yeah. The, that that they just won seven Emmys and then a number yeah. of costume Emmys. Such fabulous outfits that Moira wears and that Alexis wears.
2: I just actually read something about it that all of Moira's all of Moira's outfits are all secondhand, like designer wear that they put together for her. Wow. Yeah, I read an interesting thing about it. I mean, it's so fabulous. The whole thing is, amazing. even what David wears. I know. I know. Yeah,
1: everything. everything. His sweaters are just like yeah. too much. They're crazy. They're great. Yeah, your, your blog is so far reaching, and you even have. And I don't know if you know, this show has is very interested in music. We always have a featured artist, a musician, a singer, singer songwriter. So I loved your article called "Living the Music: How Songs Become the Soundtrack to Our Lives." What inspired you to write that piece?
2: I'm so like it's so funny that you're bringing up all of these bugs because one of the things about me and I think that because of like the age my age category of like my main core of followers I'm I'm always very like I'm like I was a teenager in the 90s so I'm very in tune to that and I talk about things that that I guess I grew up with a lot and a lot of people can relate to it movies TV shows culture all of that so um, that vlog was actually inspired by the Tragically Hip. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but definitely my, my favorite band. And, uh, I think it's two or three years now that the lead singer, Downie, passed away. He, he had brain cancer. It was, and they, they went on like their final tour. Um, and it was, it was all very sad and exciting at the same time because everyone was like just clamoring to see them and they broadcast their, their concert live on CBC. Um, and that's a band that I've been going to see since I'm a young teenager. And had have, have had he still been alive, like still continuously, I would still be going, no matter what, and no matter what age. You know, it's like you see you see the fans that go to Rolling Stones concerts that have been listening to them since the sixties. Like it's that type of thing. So, you know, the music if you're a music person, the music that really, you know, when you're in high school, that's your time and that music really shapes you.
1: Yes. You never forget it.
2: You never, ever forget it. Never. It's
1: true. It's true. And you're right. Things happen and you think of that song. You think of Stairway to Heaven. You think of, you know, all all of those those pivotal songs in your life. You also said on your website, somewhere along the way we lost ourselves in this crazy world and I'm on a quest to find peace and reconnection within myself. Let's learn to love ourselves again and continue to lift each other up. I know you were also looking for ways to connect with your audience is this is this spiritual side which i love it's so our show is this something that you also weave into your instagram posts
2: um and i always say that that really i had to work very hard from the time that i had to close my first business and all through the beginning of Blush and vine i had a very hard time personally just trying to get to a space where i was happy with myself and happy with what i was doing um and it's very hard you know not to compare yourself to others and and and, and see what everyone else is doing so I'm very open and honest about my own struggle with that. And I, and I hope that coming to peace and terms with, with that, which I, I've definitely made a lot of progress, um, inspires others to do the same.
1: How did you achieve that? Would you say it's through people like Marion Williamson or, you know, Wayne Dyer, all these wonderful sort of um, self-help authors and visionaries?
2: No, I've, so I've read some self-help books and, and as much as I can read them and get into them, it's like, for me, it's like one ear and out the other. And it's, it's really, really, it's just work inside of my own self, you know? And, And one of the things that really set me free was I was just, I I had to like put blinders on and just focus on what I was doing and stop worrying about what everyone else was doing.
1: So great. What is bliss for Sidra Rubin?
2: Bliss would be in regular non-COVID life, palm tree, white sand, and the ocean. (laughs) But right now I will settle for dinner in a restaurant with my family um, or going to see my kids, watch my kids play hockey.
1: Awesome. That's so great. That is what it's all about. How can people connect you, Sidra, through social media and through your website?
2: Uh, So my website, as you mentioned earlier, is blushandvine.com, Vine, V-Y-N-E. And my Instagram is at blushandvine, spelled the same way, V-Y-N-E.
1: That's so awesome. I want to thank you so much for being here today. We've been running a Blush and Vine giveaway all week, which is a $100 gift certificate courtesy of Blush and Vine. Thanks again for that Sidra and the contest closes tomorrow on Sunday, November 29th at 6 PM. Everyone, you still have one more day to enter this fabulous contest. All you have to do is tag two friends and follow us on Instagram at the bliss minute and at blush and vine and vine is spelled V Y N E. And you can win this fantastic $100 prize. We want to thank you so much Sidra for being here today. It's it's really thank been Thank you that. so
2: much for having me. I love I love doing these things.
1: It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. Know, as a former Montrealer, it feels really great to talk to a Montrealer, so thank you.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
1: We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come
4: back back in a moment. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
1: We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. I'm delighted to introduce my next guest, Olivia Daniels, to the program. Olivia is a Canadian performer, director, and theatre artist. She earned a BFA in drama from NYU Tisch School of the Arts, where she trained at Playwrights Horizons Theatre School and the new studio on Broadway. She also holds a minor in philosophy. Olivia has performed leading roles in Merrily We Roll Along and the New York City premiere of Blue Stockings by Jessica Swale. She also assistant-directed the off-Broadway show, Fruiting Bodies, with the Maie Theatre Company. And she's worked alongside many acclaimed artists, including Philip Akin, Louise Peet, Kent Gash, Shelley Butler, Gary Griffin, Michael McElroy, Eden Espinoza, and Chalina Kennedy. Olivia is committed to using her artistic voice to create and support opportunities for artists of marginalized communities, She's interested in theatre that encourages important discussion and acts as a meaningful tool towards social justice. And in all of her endeavours, Olivia strives to embody a spirit of openness, discovery and joy. Olivia, welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. So great to have you
1: here. Olivia, what exactly is Artists in Residence and what inspired you to create it?
3: So Artists in Residence um, is a platform that I created with my partner, Jeremy Ferdman, called a platform designed to uh, support artists' mental health and well-being during this time um, by encouraging creativity, collaboration, and connection. Uh, We decided to create this platform in this summer when we were in the midst of isolation. Jeremy and I both have worked throughout toronto and the states in um, the performing arts communities and so all on our social media with a lot of our friends we were realizing that what we were missing a lot about the theater industry was in fact being able to connect and work with one another socially um, to engage with each other in creating art Uh, and of course the process of Performing, producing whatever it is that we were interested in doing. But we realized too that um, it's so important for artists to keep those connections going for not only our creative stimulation, but honestly for our survival and for our mental well being.
1: That's so wonderful. You have many projects on the go, one of those being On the Air, which is a Q&A and panel discussion with different industry professionals. What are some of the fascinating things that are coming up out of these panels and how can people listen to them?
3: Some of the fascinating things um, I've been noticing is truly how grateful people have seemed during this time and have acknowledged being able to just connect with one another over the virtual platform, over Zoom, and have an open discussion. What works really well during this time and what we set out to do with artists in residence too was to exploit the tools that we have at our disposal right now rather than creating theater projects that are meant to be performed live but are instead transferring to the virtual platform to really exploit the tools that we do have right now which are yeah the ability to talk with one another um and that time we have to spend with each other and listen and discuss. So, whether it was the panel that we hosted, all of these have been, um, we do them over Zoom and stream to our Facebook page, which is Artisan Residence on Facebook. Um, we've also been posting the conversations. They each run about an hour on our new YouTube channel, also Artisan Residence. Uh, so, whether it was a, f- a few weeks back, we had a panel with, um, the associate director, uh, Shelly Butler, who you mentioned earlier, who I've worked with before in New York, um, of Beautiful, the Carol King musical on Broadway. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. Um, and a few of the cast members from the show. Uh, Tynia Brandon, who was a swing, and Sarah Shepard, who was the dance captain, as well as Shalina Kennedy, who's a wonderful Canadian actress who played Carol King. So that discussion, we had an incredible talk about what it is like to collaborate in different roles on a big Broadway musical. And even in that discussion, what was so wonderful was not only for those cast members and artists to reconnect with one another, but to really have this moment to kind of take a breather, break down, and reflect on their past experiences, just in, uh, on a personal level, and a really a chance to just talk about it.
1: Hmm. So. So incredible. You're you you you're doing so many different things, Olivia. You also have an initiative called Let's Play, whereby you put a call out to the community for suggestions of plays and roles people wish to explore, and you organize virtual play readings every weekend. What inspired this idea and what has come out of it thus far?
3: Well, this was inspired by something that um, Jeremy and I started doing really early on in the pandemic. I mean, both as as, as actors, we just missed reading plays. We missed acting. And we started talking to some of our friends throughout the country saying, hey, do you want to pop on Zoom tonight and read through the importance of being earnest? Just for fun, just for us. We're not going to broadcast it. We just like acting. Um, So we decided to expand this a little bit to not only our circle of friends, but to put it out to the broader artistic community and say, hey, is there anything that you want to read? Is there anything that you want to workshop? um, come, we're going to find a cast for you. We're going to, we're going to give you a director. We're going to rehearse for maybe an hour and a half in the morning and then perform it on zoom for any willing audience members to come tune into that evening. And it really came from a place of just, this is a project by artists for artists. We're going to enjoy it. It's going to be lots of fun. Wow.
1: I love this. I love I love these ideas. They're they're really so nurturing and so creative. And what a wonderful response to what's a very difficult time for a lot of artists. You're also doing a cool open forum called Clearing the Air, Mm -hmm. where you invite artists to come check in with one another, pitch ideas, meet collaborators, and talk with special guests. What is your goal with this open forum? Are you trying to find the new Canadian play (laughs) or musical?
3: Maybe if that's what ends up happening. I mean, (laughs) because our goal with that truly is to just once again, invite people to come and collect around perhaps a certain issue that's important to them and meet other people who are also working in that vein. So, for example, we invited um, my friend, who's also our board member, this <laughs> Board. Um, their name is Chaz Conacher. They're a non-binary actor um, who mm-hmm. recently moved from L.A. to Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. We connected them with a playwright um, who lives in Vancouver. His name is Dave DeVoe, and he's released uh, several plays that um, he calls the gender plays that each focus in, on the non-binary and trans experience, Um, as well as another actress. Their name is Noah Lamana, and they're also a non-binary actress and producer in the city. And we opened this forum. We invited anyone to come tune in. Um, And we did have several other artists who identified as non-binary. Some were playwrights. Some were actors. Come, listen to the discussion that our panelists had, and then we invited them to turn on their cameras and join the discussion. This is the kind of thing that we aspire to do, to create these opportunities for open conversation.
1: That's fantastic. In Olivia, in many of the videos and the isolation conversations that you've been having with collaborators online, the phrase mental health keeps emerging. Is mental health a large focus of your artist and residence platform, or would you say that due to COVID, it's just a more prevalent focus right now?
3: It is one of our driving, a driving part of our mandate, mental health. and. We believe that um, for artists, performing artists in particular, socializing with one another, being involved in a process with one another, being creative, live, in person with one another is very, very important to our well-being. Every time we'd hop off of one of those Zoom play readings, we acknowledged how nice it felt to just be creative with one another again. And so it's something that we're really passionate about offering um, the community expressly through these creative ways, targeting directly artists and catering to what it is that they're craving or might be needing at this time, which seems to be support from one another. This
1: is just so, so wonderful that you really are filling this gap that people are, because I think for artists, for actors, for collaborators, this time is so tough to not have audiences, to not have live theater, but also not to have that social interaction that we all have in the theater. And you're, you've are you really created a, a space for this, which is so incredible. You also have coming up the quarantine place. Can you tell yeah. us a little more about that? That's fabulous.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. That's And I appreciate you acknowledging that because that was really what we sought out to do. Was fill this gap that we realized was just creating art for art's sake. I mean, that's what we like to do. And that fills our souls in so many different ways. Um, I think artists as well as audience members. So that was something that we really were expressly trying to do with this project. We asked a few of our playwright friends, Jeremy and I, um, give us your, give us the work you've been working. Give us your quarantine plays is what we said. We know you've been working on something. Or if you haven't, Here's an opportunity for you to maybe a little kick in the pants to get writing again. Uh, we got a submission of several ten minute plays that these artists had written. We put a call out for actors. We put a call out for directors. Um, we got lots of submissions, and so we are launching into a project where we will be finding creative ways to stage these plays. Wow! We've started basically a play festival, which During a pandemic, I would like to say we started a theater company during the pandemic, which sounds bizarre. But we have six plays um, by emerging playwrights. Uh, They all feature casts of about four or less. Um, We've given, we've connected the playwrights so far with the directors. Um, We've set up Zoom calls between those pairs to talk about what they would like to do. We've put it up to the directors actually to decide how they would like to safely and creatively approach the play we say if you want to do it completely virtually that's great if you want to do a mix of film and maybe very safe um social distanced in-person interaction it's up to you and your cast what you're comfortable with um but we're really putting it out there once again to invite these artists to take this time to explore something that they um to give them the platform to feel empowered to do what it is that they might want to explore during this time.
1: That's phenomenal. Is there Are there any um, ideas about when this might be available to the public? Any thoughts when this might begin?
3: Yes. So we are beginning our rehearsal process actually this weekend. The dates are not completely finalized, but some t- sometime in the last week of November is when we are aiming to have everything prepared for um, a live stream, a night of new works. quarantine plays
1: that's fantastic a a huge focus of your work is this virtual platform obviously right now how are you finding working virtually olivia what are the best things about it and what are you finding a bit challenging (laughs) very
3: good question because there's a lot of both (laughs) um (laughs) we did decide that we wanted to as i mentioned before we want to really use the tools these new tools that we have at our disposal for um, to add dimensionality to the projects that we create. So we know that we have this power of Zoom to connect with artists from all over the world. Um, And we know that there are very interesting things about being able to have all our faces on one uh, screen live at the same time. Um, We know, again, that conversations work very well over this virtual platform. We also know that Maybe trying to just um, to perform a play, to take a play that would normally be performed live and craves for that live performance aspect and trying to put it onto the virtual platform doesn't work as well or as satisfying. Um, it's not as satisfying an experience as maybe we would hope it to be I don't know if that makes sense
1: you know it totally does it totally does. you have to sort of work with it you have to find like uh, one of the um, interesting experiences I saw online I don't know if you saw Gabby Epstein's piece that was um, it was a one woman show and I believe it was done by stream stage and and it really had the feel of a live show for some reason it was interesting it they, they had a chat going on like there's ways that you can play with it and I think that's also part of the whole creative process right is finding What's going to work? You're going to make your own signature on on your own uh, beautiful collective that you're doing. But um, you know how cool to just sort of explore all of that. As someone who's lived in New York for many years, and Broadway was really in your backyard and at your fingertips, Olivia. What has it been like for you to see Broadway this dark for such a long period of time? And when do you imagine or foresee the Broadway lights turning back on again and coming back to
3: life? So the first part of your question, it's been very. It's very strange. I hesitate to say depressing, but that's what it feels like.
1: Yeah, of, um, course, of course.
3: Because it's such a constant within the city and within the, you know, the theater community at large. I've been thinking a lot about my, my friends, my colleagues who are Broadway performers, Broadway stagehands. Um, I worked as an usher on Broadway when I was um, in my last year in the city, my fellow ushers who all lost their jobs. Um, and the toll that it's had on their life a lot of them have had to move home people are really really in uncertain positions right now and it's um it's hard to see it makes i mean um it's scary and it's very uncertain and i think as humans we all kind of crave that certainty um so that's a little it's difficult and also knowing the the amounts of projects and stuff and ideas that people have had in their back pockets that were shut down prematurely. Um, it's very hard to even begin to imagine when it will come back.
1: Um, It will though. It will. The wonderful wonderful thing to know is that it will come back and, and it will be so sweet, (laughs) but imagine the sweetness of being able to sit in a theater again, Mm -hmm. but it's so marvelous that you're doing something right now to help so many of the people who don't know what to do. And you're giving people um, a, a platform, which is really, I have to tell you, you're a young, a young uh, woman. And I think it's really incredible that you are spearheading this and, and doing this wonderful work.
3: Oh boy, Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Some say that the silver lining is that due to COVID that we're able to have conversations, as you've already suggested, with people all over the world. So is this part of your initiative? I know you've touched on this, just to reach out to artists and collaborators to bridge this social distance feeling and to feel more connected with one another.
3: Absolutely. I think that's the heart yeah. of it. Truly. It's really amazing.
1: But what is like sort of coming right up for artists and residents and Olivia right now?
3: Well, thank you for asking. Um, Producing the Quarantine Place is going to be our next big project and continue to try to raise awareness with the community about our platform and invite artists from anywhere to give us their ideas, to give us their unique perspectives, to feel comfortable reaching out to us and knowing that there's a community here to support them and help them reach their dreams during this time. Just incredible.
1: We have a very exciting announcement right now. For those of you who are missing theater, you're in for a real treat tonight. Theater is actually happening through Artists in Residence Virtual Play Festival. Tonight is the opening of the Quarantine Plays, A Night of New Works, which premieres tonight at 7.30 p.m. The event features six new plays, all written and rehearsed during the COVID-19 pandemic. All proceeds from the event go to support the AFC, formerly the Actors Fund of Canada. And a link to the YouTube stream is obtained by making a donation to afchelps.ca slash quarantine dash plays. The link will be emailed out on Saturday and the stream will remain live for 24 hours. Other upcoming events include a virtual production of the one act play Nelly Boy, written by Canadian playwright drag performer Dave DeVoe, and the Let's Play Zoom readings, which will continue into the new year. For more information on all of this, you can go to artistsinresidence.org. What is bliss for Lydia Daniels?
3: <laughs> Good theater. Mm-hmm. Good theater. And good conversation. And I think the heart of that is truly as hippy dippy as it sounds, um, genuine human connection.
1: I just got the chills. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think, I think that's a sign that you're, you're onto something very great. How can people contact you on social media and connect with artists in residence?
3: Well, they can follow us on Instagram at artists in residence, 2020, um, also facebook and residence and twitter we are artisan res underscore email us at artisan residence 2020 at gmail.com um, me personally uh, you can check the, oh check out our, our and residence website which is artisanresidence.org You can find some of my personal contact information there too if uh, i'm Olivia Daniels 29 at gmail.com if if anyone's interested in connecting personally. Great.
1: That sounds really, really great. Well, I have to thank you very, very much for being here today, Olivia. We're going to go on a short commercial break. Mm -hmm. And when we come back, we've chosen for this week's featured artist, two dear friends of yours, and they are Les Horan and Abigail Lumsden, Mm -hmm. who are a couple living and working together in New York City. Les is a Holocaust survivor, and the two of them continue to make music daily. So incredibly inspiring. When we come back, Les Horan and Abigail Lumsden will sing us out of the show. Back in a moment.
0: Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years.
4: CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit CreateIVF.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
1: We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty, FM ninety six point seven. This week's featured artist is Les Horan and Abigail Lumsden, and let me tell you a little bit about them. Born with perfect pitch, Abigail started playing piano and singing at age three. She spent her early years studying serious classical music on piano, violin, and as an ensemble vocalist. She is a cum laude graduate from two Dutch conservatoria in classical piano and choral conducting. In addition to producing and performing her show, Hearts Journeys, all over New York City, Abigail has worked as musical director, assistant conductor, and conductor for several choirs in Holland and in New York, most notably the Vukur in Amstelveen, Holland, and the Peace of Heart Choir in New York City. Abigail works in her own Upper West Side Studio, teaching, composing, arranging, and recording. She has released numerous albums, including her most recent double CD, Imagine Your Heart's Journeys, Abigail Lumsden's music and videos can be found on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, CD Baby, Bandcamp, iTunes, and Apple Music. Les Horan is an accomplished performer, music teacher, and writer with degrees in music, psychology, and education from Manhattan School of Music and City University of New York. He is the author of a series of successful piano books, including... Instant piano, instant blues, play your favorite songs at the keyboard, (laughs) and music theory demystified. Les is currently releasing his memoir and audio music book, They Forgot to Tell Me I Was Jewish Memories of a Child Who Survived the Holocaust. For more info and to order some of these books, you can write to abiwale at gmail.com, and I'll spell that for you. That's A B I W H A L E. At gmail.com. A highly versatile musician, Les continues to teach and inspire students of all backgrounds and perform with his wife, Abigail. During the pandemic, while locked down, they both decided to videotape one song a day. And they can all be seen on Abigail Lumsden's Facebook page and YouTube channel. And their website is www.lumsden.com piano lessons com, and i'm gonna ask olivia to uh just to tell us a little bit about the song we're about to hear and then we're gonna have them sing us out of the show so what are what are we hearing right now uh olivia
3: we are about to hear my dear friends abby and Les, perform pure imagination um we have less on the piano abby on vocals uh singing in her signature jazzy style it's such a beautiful song and really relates to uh, just the idea of being creative and tapping into i think your own bliss so i thought it was very appropriate for this moment and any chance to give people a listen to what these two beautiful artists have to share
1: that's wonderful i'm so excited for everyone to hear it pure imagination by abigail and Les. let's have a listen
0: with a spin, traveling in a world of our creation. What you'll see will defy explanation. Nothing to eat. There is no life. I know. True. Wanna change the world There's nothing
1: Beautiful. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Thank you to Abigail and Les and to Olivia Daniels for sending us this wonderful piece. Each week, we spotlight a singer-songwriter or a musician on the show. If you are a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit us at Finding Your Bliss magazine and sign up for Bliss News, which you will find at the bottom of the homepage at www.findyourbliss.com. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. Olivia Daniels, thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Well, thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure.
1: It was lovely. Thank you. Just a reminder that the contest to win the $100 gift certificate for Blush and Vine closes tomorrow at 6 p.m. To enter, just go to the Bliss Minute on Instagram and tag two friends. And you can also follow Sidra at Blush and Vine, V-Y-N-E, on Instagram. Good luck, everyone, and happy shopping. I would like to thank my guests Sidra Rubin, Olivia Daniels, Les Horan, and Abigail Lumsden for being here today. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kylie, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and to everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a very big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. And this show has been recorded on Squadcast. We're going to close out the show today with a short meditation. And here it is. Everyone begin by settling back. Get as comfortable as you can. Gently close your eyes. And begin by taking in a nice deep inhale through the nose. Then out through the nose or mouth. And silently just say to yourself the number one. And again, inhaling in through your nose. Exhaling out through your nose or mouth. Silently say the number two. Another deep inhale through the nose. And a cleansing exhale. Slowly and evenly. And the number three. And do this all the way until you reach the number ten. And then you can go backwards all the way back to one. So let's go backwards now. It would go something like this. Breathing in. Breathing out. Nine. Breathing in. Breathing out. Eight. Breathing in. Breathing out, seven, all the way back to one. When your mind starts to wander, just come back to your breath. Don't worry too much if you're doing it right or wrong. Just come back to the breath. Notice the light, the sounds, and the energy in the room, and don't let any of it distract you. Just stay with the breath and enjoy this time for the peace and and joy, and calm that it brings. For everyone here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to stay happy, healthy, and safe, and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This
0: podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.